Hi, everyone. Welcome to Better Together and As We podcast. For future reference, As We, as in A-S-W-E, stands for the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County. This podcast will feature engaging conversations with guests ranging from community leaders to care partners and persons living with dementia to raise awareness about this disease. You're listening to Better Together and As We podcast, and this is our 17th episode. My name is Cindy, and I'm joined today by Karen Kessler. Karen is a client of ours at the Alzheimer's Society. Um, She's a care partner to her husband, Mike Kessler, and they actually did a podcast together. Um, Do you remember what number it was? I think it was... seven or eight or something yeah I'll put it down in the the description below but uh take a listen to that one that one was um primarily with Mike but Karen was there to support uh Mike during that time so thank you for being here with me today I appreciate it so much well thanks for having me Cindy it's we've received so much from as we we really want to give back so thank you I just wanted to point out the beautiful scarf you're wearing (laughs) we uh I received that when Mike and I did a a talk at a fundraiser a few weeks ago and for as we thank you for doing that too Karen that was amazing um the whole event went well and I think everybody had a good time there we did for sure (laughs) we definitely did (laughs) All right, so I just want to start off with a little introduction. I want the audience um, to get to know Karen Kessler a little bit better. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family life, um, your career, what you did? Okay, so I am a reti- recently retired teacher, I guess after about a year or so. Um, I taught for over 40 years. Um, closer to 45 years. (laughs) Uh, Mainly, I taught in the field of special education. Um, I was a high school teacher, I became a department head, uh, then a coordinator. And after I retired, I went to St. Clair College and taught um, students how to become educational assistants. So, and I'm, I'm telling you about that because that background has helped me greatly in this journey. Um, in my personal life, I am married to Mike. Uh, this is the second marriage for both of us, but we've been married 32 years plus. Um, I have two sons who are in their early 40s and they both have families. One son lives near us and uh, he and his family come every Monday night for family dinner. My oldest son lives in Ottawa and uh, we FaceTime at least once a week. And he has uh, a wife and a daughter and we visit as often as we can. Um, I am (laughs) a very um, typically very active person. And um, I recently, I'm still trying to recover from COVID. I had it four weeks, a month ago. Um, And that probably is one of the hardest things for me to not be active. Uh, I'm a lap swimmer. Um, In the summer, I like paddle boarding, canoeing, um, hiking, snowshoeing in the winter, going for walks. and I'm an active volunteer in the community um, 
involved with ASWE, but also involved in other with or, other organizations. Mm -hmm. um, how are you feeling though with, after the COVID? Well, <laughs> I'm not well. I, I'm so I've called and I've made another appointment. I've been through a round of antibiotics for a secondary infection and. So I'm gonna, I've made a call and Friday I'm, I have an appointment with a nurse practitioner just to say, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, my advice <laughs> is just take it easy. So yeah, just take it easy. And, and um, I know you love your swimming and your, your walking and things like that, but do what you can. Um, I want you to get better. So um, my next question for you is how did you and Mike meet? Okay, so as I mentioned, we, we're both married before and um we got involved separately we didn't know each other mm -hmm. um but we happened to get involved with the same organization to go for um support and and help and um uh we kind of knew each other very casually um after about five years the um, head of that organization who was kind of like our spiritual director gave us a lot of guidance advice um and said separately to us <laughs> you need to start dating um i had no intentions of ever remarrying i thought maybe once the kids are grown and gone i will um go on a cruise and meet someone <laughs> that was that's my that was my thought um anyways we were both at we happened to be at the same meeting and afterwards we were getting coffee. So at the coffee machine, he said, Oh, hi, how are you? And you know, what's new? And I said, well, I just got some, you know, direction from father. And he said, you need to start dating. And Mike said, I got the same direction. <laughs> and so we looked at each other and I said, well, do you want to go for coffee? And two years later, we married. <laughs> wow, just like that. <laughs> well, we had a lot of guidance through this because we both knew what makes a bad marriage, mm -hmm. but we didn't have a lot of role models in our own families or anything for a good marriage. What makes a good marriage? We knew what, how we wanted it to look, but we didn't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so we went for a lot of guidance with that. And, um, and it's, it's really been all of what we learned to do has been so helpful then because we've been able to carry it forward, like carry it through our marriage, but also carry it into this, um, you know, the journey with dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So we are very grateful for that. <laughs> what I've noticed about you two is that you guys are very, very good communicators. Um, just watching your guys' interaction and the way that you guys talk to each other, how you talk to other people, I can tell that um, you guys are really good communicators and it might have not always been like that, but um, I can really <clears throat> see that. Um, and that came about because of the help we were getting. Mm -hmm. So we had a very strong foundation and we just we're both very committed to just being the best we can be and and always being better and you know, looking at ourselves and saying, okay, what, what my, you know, what's my um, part in this and, and how do I get better at this? And um, yeah, we're very, we're honest with each other, but not blunt. Yeah. We learned yeah. that um, to be kind 
but truthful. Um, and yeah, that's, and you know, what? we're our, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we know we've got something here and we don't, we don't want to give that up or ruin it. We don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Right. When did Mike get diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease? Um, 18 months ago, um, March of 2021. Um, he was, he was, it was not a big surprise. So Mike was in a major car accident. And if um, the audience listens to the YouTube or the podcast that he did, you would find out about that. Mm -hmm. um, he was in a major car accident in uh, 2014, um, just before his 64th birthday. Hit and run, rear-ended. Um, knocked unconscious. He had a closed brain injury. And we found out later through an MRI that he also had a stroke. Wow. So it, it put him at risk. And we all, we knew, we always knew that there was a risk there. He went through a lot of different therapies and I pulled out all the tools in my toolbox as a, a special education teacher and um, put a lot of things in place and so um, things started to get better with the different therapies he had, but um, then they got, then I started to notice some new things. And so he was, he was very um, agreeable to getting a referral to a neurologist because he, he knew, he said, something's wrong here and I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And my point to him was, if we get this, if this diagnosis is, is what I then quite possibly there is a medication that can help you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, he was put on a medication to slow it down, slow down the progress or even halt the progress if it's working at its best. So Mike was his first, he was his first advocate. Like he advocated for himself. He told you, you know, something is wrong and you guys. Um, it was kind way. of a mutual thing. I was noticing things and then I said, what do you think about asking for a referral? And no argument. He said, yes, I, I don't know what's going on here. So, so since yeah. that diagnosis, how did it change your day-to-day -day living? Well, as I said, we, we, a lot of things were already, already in place to help him with memory and cognition. Um, but I have to say, we've learned a lot in the last 18 months. <laughs> um, I finally retired with that. Um, I had retired twice already, but I had gone back. And um, I, and this time, we always talked about whether it was time for me to retire. And this time when I asked him, he said, I need you home with me. So I said, okay, then that's what's happening. I will retire. I found out when I retired that I, wasn't aware of a lot of things that were going on. So um, a lot of, he was doing a lot of isolating while I was at work. Um, and, um, but I also found out retire, that retirement um, helped a lot. Um, one of the things that I was really grieving and, and with this diagnosis, you do kind of ongoing grieving yeah. um 
I, one of the things I was really grie grieving was that we weren't able to have lengthy conversations. And it was kind of like I was losing my best friend. That's how I felt. Now I've discovered that part of the reason was I wasn't catching him at his best. Mm -hmm. So now we know that every morning at breakfast, at the breakfast table, we have a conversation. And if, if there's something that's really important that needs to be talked about, that's when we do it. Um, and, and if we still need to talk, then probably after his nap in the afternoon or around supper time, that's probably the best time. Um, so I just, we had to adjust. Um, he's, we're down to one car. Um, he drives occasionally, maybe once a week. And we live in Amherstburg. Um, the speed limit's only 40 <laughs> through most of town. Um, and so he will drive like, to Canadian Tire or, or something like that just to keep his skills up. But yeah. for the most part, I do the driving and he's the navigator um, or quite often he's sleeping while I'm driving. If it's a long oh. drive. <laughs> um, our social activities have changed a lot. Um, we've, through talking, through him and I talking, um, he's made it really clear that if there's any more than two people at the table besides us, it gets very confusing for him. So um, if we go out, it's with one other couple. We don't do group things much unless it's a group activity where there's not going to be a lot of conversation involved. Like last Sunday, we went to uh, a mini putt tournament oh, wow. <laughs> at our, with our sponsored by our church. And, and that was just fine. That went just fine. Cause it wasn't, he didn't, he, he focused on what needed to be done and didn't need to get involved in any conversations. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Um, you know, in a nutshell, our daily life is very intentional. Um, it's, it's balanced. It has to have balance. At the start of the week, every Monday morning, we do a calendar for the week. That gets put right by his computer because he's a computer geek still and is still very, <laughs> very skilled at that. Um, so it's right there. He checks it throughout the day so that he's aware of what's coming. He checks out, crosses out things as they pass and so he now knows what day it is and what um, the day is going to look like uh, and it also helps to balance things mm -hmm. so that we're not piling things on because I have a typically um, that's typically what I would do I would pile my plate as yeah. high as it could get and that is that doesn't work for us life is much slower it has a slower pace. Um, and, and if we, if there's something we really want to do, we talk about how can we do that? So it causes the least amount of stress and anxiety for both of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, um, he was, I was singing in our church choir and he was working the soundboard, which is something he went to college for. Um, he loved doing it, but he was finding that it, was becoming very stressful uh, because of the pressure 
to get it right, right away. And um, when things are very stressful, I might see some behaviors that aren't um, maybe appropriate for the situation. Mm -hmm. And so that it doesn't become an embarrassment for him um, or for me (laughs) (laughs) or uncomfortable for the people around us. Um, We just, we take a look at that and we say, is this something we need to cut out? So we've cut that out and I still love to sing and I didn't really want to give up singing, but I don't want to leave him sitting by himself. So I now have joined the funeral choir at our church and um and I'm a lector approximately once a month and those are things I enjoy doing so there's balance for both of us um it can't be all about him Mm -hmm. I I discovered that I will not last in this if it's all about him it's a lot (laughs) of compromising yeah 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 and I don't want to get lost in this I don't want to lose me yep so Um, Because I'm best for him if I'm me, if I'm my best me. You're exactly right. So out of everything that you've mentioned so far, so, you know, um, noticing cues, um, using a calendar, and a lot of compromising, what's one advice you would give to a new care partner that is new to this journey? Do not assume that you know what's going on. and I know I see you nodding because you know exactly what I mean. Um, it, we we had an incident where I was assuming uh, what it was stemming from, and it wasn't a very um, positive assumption. And when I spoke to you, you asked me how things were going. I spoke to you about it, and you said, you know why that's happening? And I said, no, I don't. Really, I don't. And you explained it to me. And then it made sense and it changed everything. So I guess not, not assuming, but also asking for help, including other people and, and not, we include our family, but I needed to include people who were experts in this field as well, because everybody's got an opinion, but you people know how how this disease works and you have a lot of experience and knowledge that you that I don't have and most people don't have so yeah that I would say that would be the biggest thing there you go everyone that's Karen's advice all right um so how did you get involved with the Alzheimer's Society I know you're a part of a lot of things right now and um it's it's good for me because I get to see you um a lot throughout the year so um yeah what 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 got you guys involved with the Alzheimer's Society what programs did you guys do while you uh, while you're with us okay so actually I'm the one who made the call and it was for me not for Mike um we were at the grocery store, it was during the height of COVID and we couldn't, we had to stand in line outside, it was raining. And when we go grocery shopping, something we like doing together, Mm -hmm. we just like doing that. So we went, Um, it was not a good time of day or not the best day to go because there was a lineup 
And so Mike's the one who always pushes the carts. So I said, well, how about you go get the cart? And he had to wait in line for the cart as well. There was a line of carts. Mm -hmm. And I waited outside with my umbrella. When he got to, I saw him talking to some people in line. I thought, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Again, I was assuming. And uh, when we got, when he got to the door, I joined him and he said, well, that was very humiliating. And I said, what happened? He said, halfway through the line, the guy behind me said, you know, you cut in front of me. And he said, no, I, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Um, here, go ahead, go in front of me. And he said, no. And the guy said, you also cut in front of that other guy. And so Mike, so I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, you can, Mike's a very nice guy. Yes, so, yes. so anyways, then he thought about it and he turned to the fellow with the complaint and said, why didn't you say something earlier? And the guy said, why don't you just start paying attention? Well, that was a real direct hit to somebody who struggles with knowing what's going on around mm -hmm. it. And with that, he sort of, once we got into the grocery store, he sort of, and I think people who are care partners would understand this. It's like he disappeared. He was just standing there staring with holding onto the grocery cart. And then things got worse where he wasn't noticing and he was blocking aisles and, and that sort of thing. My reaction, I was livid. And anyone who knows me well would say, I have a lot of patience. Um, I've heard that countless times over the years, how much patience I have. I had none that day, none. I wanted to go and just hurt this guy. Mm -hmm. I started following him around the grocery store and I thought, my God, who am I? I'm turning into a maniac here. What's happening? So I um, came home and Mike had a nap and I called a friend and um, that friend is nor would normally be very helpful but um didn't didn't know what to tell me right and I got off the phone and I thought I am not going to do well with this I need help and I remembered that I knew about the Alzheimer's Society because at one point in my career teaching high school <clears throat> I ran the co-op program mm -hmm. and the Alzheimer's Society was one of our co-op employers so I called and I talked to the person who answers the phone and she said, I will have someone call you. And the next day I got a phone call from one of the educate, educational support workers. Yep. Okay. And she is now my educational, our educational support worker. Um, and when I told her what happened, I said, I was so angry. I wanted to hurt this guy. And she said, of course you did. And I thought right away, I am talking to the right person. This is someone who understands this. Mm -hmm. And I've discussed, my mom had dementia, but it is very different having a parent with a dementia compared to having the, your best friend, your partner of so many years with dementia. Um, 
you know, the feelings are different. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the services that we have ongoing. Um, and the first group we got involved with was with you and, and Jessica in the Mind and Motion um, group. And that was fun. And then we were invited to attend the Memory Cafe. And we still try to do that once, in, once a month. Um, and then we joined, we were in the first steps program, which taught us a lot about the progression. Um, and we were with other couples. So we were able to, you know, hear from them and share with them. Um, and then we've been asked to be involved in other ways. Uh, we're on the accreditation leadership committee, which uh, has done a lot for Mike's confidence. Um, he was involved in audits in his work um, and uh, quality, quality control and all that. So I don't think they knew that when they invited us. And this me being a teacher, I'm the one who corrects all the spelling <laughs> grammar errors. But um, but we're we're an act we're active members of that committee, which is really nice. We're not just the token couple who are living with dementia. Um, and then the, uh, we were asked to be part of a panel speaking to local MPPs about healthcare needs in the community. And we felt really good about that. And we had just, uh, just before that, Mike had, I had to take Mike to emerge. Mm -hmm. And so it was not a good experience. So we were able to talk about that and the needs we saw. Um, and then we've been guest speakers and Mike's done a podcast and now I'm doing this one. And so we're, we're involved, but it, the other thing is we get calls saying, how are you doing? <laughs> and that is so nice. You know, um, we're never feeling like we're alone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you guys do a great job. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I know. I, honestly, every time I give you a call or I'm talking to you, it just feels like it was just meant to happen. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we even got a call before the um, our talk at the last fundraiser from the CEO. And I thought, oh, Sally, who does yes. that? Like, you know, like, how nice is that? Just thanking us and asking us if we need anything, we, you know, and I thought, really? Like, that is, that's incredible. So That's awesome. So what are some things that you've learned about yourself um, so far on this new journey? Um, I know you've learned um, a lot. And um, one thing that I wanted to, for you to touch base on is, you know, um, just letting go and traveling again and, you know, wanting to live your life the way that, you know, you saw living your life. Yeah. So a lot of these things I knew because of the other program that we're involved in. Um, but this is kind of like where the rubber meets the road. It's like, this is where we put it into practice. Yeah. So I know that I'm a stickler for detail and I, and part of this is having been a teacher, but it's also being a perfectionist and everything. And I, I have had to learn to not correct, mm -hmm. to just be, 
to think always and say, is this worth, is this that important? Is this, if, if Mike's getting the details wrong on something and I'm like, okay, no, it's not that important. It's just let that one go. Um, I, you know, people always say you need to take care of yourself. Well, yes. Um, my primary thing, I think my whole life has been taking really, even as a child, taking care of other people mm -hmm. and putting their needs first. <clears throat> and I've begun to see how important it is that I also recognize my own needs and make sure that I'm not last um, in the queue. Um, if I if I put everyone else first, I will get burnt out and I will notice my tone's a little sharper. I'm not as patient. Um, resentments are starting to crop out, crop up. And I don't want that to happen. You know, I like what we have. I want that to continue. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I... If I get, if I look for, look to the future and imagine where this could end up, I could, there's a danger I'll get stuck there and I'll live in that fear. And then what I do is I start to hover and I'm, and I'm watching, I'm looking for the Alzheimer's instead of looking at Mike, the person and all that he is and has to offer. Mm -hmm. I start to look at what is lost instead of what is. And that's not a good place to be. I don't function well there. And I shouldn't be there because that's not our reality. Right. So I, I need to always think what is our reality? And is it possible to do this? Or, oh, this is something that no, maybe we, we need to do it differently or maybe we need to just let go of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not his caregiver. He doesn't, maybe I will be at one point, but at this point, medication's working. Um, I can say that. I have not noticed any decline maybe in the last six months or so, which is good. Um, I... So at this point, he can, he's very capable of taking care of him, his own physical needs and, and speaking for himself. Mm -hmm. I don't need to talk for him. Um, and I also know that if I start talking for him and doing everything for him, he will disappear. Right. So um, I need to just, and I need to just like live in today be very aware of the reality of things and um, and make sure that I'm not piling on the plate too full. Um, and he'll, you know, he has a say. He has a say in everything. We, when we have those conversations in the morning, it's not just me talking at all. It's me, you know, or him. One of us initiates the conversation and we listen to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. Um, and I've had to slow down a bit. Right. <laughs>
one day at a time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And each day is a new day. And, and even partway through the day, if things are not going well, we'll just stop and say, okay, can we start over here? Mm-hmm. Let, this is not working here. Let's start over. Um, or I need to take a break. Um, you know, I need to, he'll need, maybe he needs to go and just watch a movie or something, or I need to go for a walk or whatever. And okay. Don't like what just happened there. Right. So let's, uh, what, what was going on and did I miss something? And, you know, and we both have that trust in each other that we can, we can be honest about that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, the name of our podcast is Better Together. From your perspective, what does that mean to you? Um, we're a team. We are definitely a team. So we are better together. Mike and I are better together than me being, taking the lead all the time and, and assuming I know what is best for him and mm-hmm. just doing it, running his life for him. That's not going to work. Um, but also we're better together as a community. Um, I, we, we keep our sons and our grandkids informed as to this is what's going on. And I'll tell them, this is what I learned. And I had this conversation with my granddaughter last week. Um, I picked her up for school for an appointment. And then we went for a a treat afterwards. And she's fit. She's going to be 15 in a couple of weeks. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I said, I told her what I learned, which I want to talk about on our trip, our trip to Halifax. And she listened. She said, well, my, that makes so much sense. And that, that applies everywhere. So we have these conversations as a family as it also, and then we include friends and we include you people and our other supports. Um, we can't do this on our own for mm-hmm. sure. And I don't think anyone can. Um, so our quickly, our Halifax story, uh, my biggest fear that has just sort of been sitting there nagging at me since um well for a very long time but especially since his diagnosis is Mm -hmm. what happens if I get sick because I am the caretaker in the family I am the one that I'm the go-to person I've been lucky enough to not have any big health concerns throughout my life. So nobody's ever had to learn how to take care of me. <laughs> and, um, and especially Mike, he has not. He's just been very happy to have me take the lead on things like that. So uh, we were away. We were away a lot during the summer. We One of the things we don't want to give up is traveling. It doesn't work to travel to places we don't know. Uh, that causes him a lot of anxiety and with anxiety comes that that disappearing that shutting down so um to get the best bang for our buck we go to places that are our favorite places and one of those is nova scotia so we went there middle of august and about a third of the way through the trip i got sick and i I tested negative for COVID, but I was really sick. 
And so I was in the hotel room and I thought, oh no, what's going to happen? What if Mike catches this? What am I going to do? I can't take care of anybody right now. And so I said to him, it's just the two of us here. You are going to need to take care of me. And I could see the panic on his face. And I said, have you ever taken care of anyone? And he mm -hmm. said, no. I said, do you know how to take care of me? He said, not a clue. And I said, you know what? I think you can learn this. And so I broke it down to very clear messages. That's important too. And I said, basically, you need to ask me, are you okay? Do you need anything? What do you want me to do? Just that. If you're leaving the room, even if I'm sleeping, wake me up and ask me that. Mm -hmm. Check on me every little, every so often. He did it. He said, I think I can do that. <laughs> and so he did it and he did it very well. But the most important thing is the confidence it gave him. Right. Um, and I, I started to think about that and I thought everyone needs a purpose. If I am doing all of the caretaking here, he doesn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. His The skills he does have are going to be lost. And so I need to be asking him more to be part of the team. So in the airport, that got a little, little crazy. We got to the airport and that's always a very stressful place for Mike. And um, I still was not feeling well at all. And so he was um, getting very anxious. And so I, I just put my hand on his arm and I said, okay, you don't have to take the lead here. We're a team. We can, I'm, I'm okay enough to, that we can do this together. Mm -hmm. And stress level just went down and it was good. So a lot of trial and error of, you know, what's going to work. And, um, but I, I think we're in a good place now and, and that's good. Um, yeah. And I, I just, we've learned a lot and um, I know we're going to keep learning right. <laughs> as it goes, but I look at all of this as a real opportunity. Um, it's all an opportunity for growth and, and to learn more. And uh, it's honestly, when I look at some problems that other people have, I am quite happy with the life that we have. Mm -hmm. And I want to put a huge emphasis on um, communication. Just see, like you mentioned, seeing Mike as Mike, as a person, um, mm -hmm. talking to him, letting him know what's going to happen before anything happens, yeah. um, making sure he feels comfortable and he's okay before, you know, doing anything. Um, I, I feel like that's important because, you know, um, with this diagnosis, you want to make sure that, you know, when you do continue to live your life, you um, are doing it together um, and you don't want to ever put you know, your, your loved one in an uncomfortable situation, right? So um, the emphasis yeah. on communication is very key. Um, and I just love how you, you know, mentioned seeing Mike as Mike and your husband, your friend, you know, the mm -hmm. person you love first. 
to add to that, um, I need to let him see me too. Mm -hmm. So there are times when I'm just not okay with something and he'll pick up on that. I mean, we've been together for a very long time and he'll say, are you okay? I don't, I, I don't try to hide it. I'll say, no, I am not okay with this. Mm -hmm. And and then he'll say, well, what's going on? And then I make it very clear. I have to make it very clear what it is um, and why it is. And then we figure out, okay, how can we make this better? Right. Um, so, we, you know, we do that together too. And he feels normal. That's been his comment through the summer, especially towards the end of the summer. He said, I feel normal. And I thought, okay, that is the key because Mike feeling normal is, and Mike having confidence is a very different Mike than Mike being um, taken care of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with, without a say you know so so yeah. what's what's the most important thing for you and Mike just moving forward um like your new outlook on life um I think that we don't get complacent with this that we see this as okay this is even though things are pretty good right now it's still very real uh, there are still um the dementia his his diagnosis is vascular dementia and mild Alzheimer's. That's still very real. It's there. It has to be factored in. And when things are going well, it's easy to forget. Mm -hmm. And then we go back into, you know, old patterns. I'll go back into the old pattern of piling things on. And that then is not going to work. And we're going to have a bit of a setback. So just to kind of, you know, keep it real. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> keep it real. I would love for us to finish this podcast with some fire rapid questions. Oh. These five <laughs> questions are all random and um, it'll allow our audience to get to know Karen Kessler a little bit more. Um, can you answer these questions in one word or one sentence? Um, and there are no wrong answers. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with that extra time? Swim. Swim. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pasta. What would your perfect Sunday look like? Okay, are we talking the day? The day. <laughs> the day. The okay, day, yeah. so for many years now, Sunday has been our, our kind of like our date day. Well, actually, it starts Saturday night mm -hmm. and continues on into maybe Sunday afternoon. So um, a lot of time together, sleeping in, uh, going out for breakfast, and just having no other commitments. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think date nights are super important for a relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? Oh, a, a number of things. Um, <laughs> executive functioning skills, 
um, things that I know that I've experienced. So okay. something like this, mm -hmm. um, life experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the last question, what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Um, I think to include other people. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Karen. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. I hope our listeners have gained a better understanding about what it entails to be a care partner to someone living with dementia. And I'm so grateful for you and Mike. Um, anyone who has the privilege of crossing paths with you two are very, very blessed. Um, and I really mean that. You guys are wonderful people. And um, thank you so much for just being so open and honest with this experience. Um, hey, listeners, my call to action for all of you. How can you help? Educate yourself and encourage others to do the same. Refer your circle of friends and family to our services. Support our events and fundraising campaigns and become a dementia-friendly community. Let's keep talking about dementia. Listen to new episodes on the last Friday of every month on our YouTube channel, Alzheimer Windsor. Uh, help for today, hope for tomorrow, and remember we are better together. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Cindy.